Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I have an array of cynical superstars for you um, at the table, at the Cynic table. Um, to my right-hand side, it's uh, Chris Bowd. Chris, have you sobered up from the Transfer Committee podcast? Uh, aye, but I'm just um, balancing myself out a couple of beers tonight and a <laughs> coffee and a look Bout is two beers, a coffee, a look and a glass of water. All of them have been half drunk as well. Keep fluids up. It's very important. <laughs> yes. Get the, get the caffeine. Get the caffeine and alcohol on you. That's Chris Bowd. His favourite band is Air. French. French band Air. Just a joke I made earlier that if you're not here, you won't get. Uh, Keith McGinty, how are you, Keith? I'm good, Christopher. Are you well? Not too bad. Um, he's got the new tra- training top on. Oh, this is an old one. Is this an old one? That's an old one. Yeah, I was about to say, when people said, it, you know, it's only going to look, in, look good on Eddie. Yeah, they were probably right. Um, <laughs> how's it going, Keith? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, enjoying the last of the, the summer holidays. Um, delighted to be back. Well, seen you never said this isn't the most talented panel you've ever had. Here. Yeah, it tends to say that, doesn't yeah. it? No, that's, uh, that's last yeah. season part. What about that's the, last season's part? the summer wine? Enjoying I know, listen, hey, as, soon as, he said, he said, <laughs> as soon as he said, as soon as he said last of the summer, I was going to say wine. Marcus McLeod is making his debut. Uh, Marcus is uh, a close personal friend of mine. Um, my God, I'm starting to sound like Graham Tunis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Mar- Marcus is uh, Terrific. Hello, Marcus. How you doing? Pleased to be here. Pleased to be here. You, you don't seem it with that reaction, <laughs> but um, Marcus has been going to, Marcus and Keith, and uh, along with Claire and Rory and a couple other people have been going to the, the press conferences for us and uh, have been doing terrific work. Um, we do a thing on the 90 Minutes Inc. Patreon called The Press Gang, where I sit down with one of the kind of... Uh, press conference guys and we have talk about their experience already done with Keith which was great did with Claire which was terrific Marcus will get you soon uh, how, how are you finding the press conferences though? I have, I've listened to the first two press gangs they've been really good uh, looking forward to kind of getting involved in that as well um, press conferences have been um, pretty kind of amazing to be involved in it you know uh, you, you get a wee thrill when you when you sort of realise you, you pinch yourself you're sitting, sitting about in the mix and yeah you're you're really the only one that's not a kind of quote unquote professional there, um, and you're sort of getting to see wee bits of heroes bits. like Ramen from ITV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, like you took you took Ramen outside, didn't you? Well, uh, well, we, we ended up outside. Fucking took him outside. <laughs> There's absolutely no question about we that. Ended up, Ramen's Ramen's alright. I thought he was going to be one for the watch. <laughs> but aye, aye. Big Ram. He's, he seems to be pretty decent. I don't know how he's been. Good guy, but he's no. He's not even looked at me. Um, <laughs> Wow, he's settled on you. You've got the tea lady. I've got ramen. Be <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's lovely. Okay, uh, let's let's save that for the Patreon. <laughs> Some interesting stuff. But no, thanks for coming along, Marcus. And we'll, we'll pick your brain about your favourite Celtic stuff in just a second. Um, I just want to say that the Patreon stuff has been fantastic. Everyone who has signed up for it, it's just been really, really. Uh, it's just meant so much to all of us. Um, specifically myself, obviously giving up my job to kind of focus and try and do this thing full time. Um, everyone who's pitched in uh, from a contributor point of view, thank you very much for the first month. And everyone who's signed up since May or since last week or, you know, within the next hour or so from listening to this, thank you genuinely from the bottom of my heart. Um, we do have some really good stuff coming up. And uh, in fact, here's, we made a, I made a sort of um, we advert thing. Um, I'll, let's play it now. Hello and welcome to the agenda, the preview, the reaction. Welcome to the analysis 
Hello and welcome to Alas, some Manny and McCaffrey. Hello and welcome to Best of the Best, Best of the Worst, The Biscuit Tin. Hello and welcome to The Press Gang. I just think a lot of Scottish journalists are Rangers fans. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Lunch Club. Where's my right back? Welcome to the Transfer Committee Podcast. I think you can get a better player from a better league for less money than Stephen O'Donnell. And I don't disagree, however. Oh, here we go. This is a timeline Celtic based around Ronnie Dyla's time. I think the only regret is that I don't think he went 100% full in. Doesn't have the nerve to manage a club of such a big stature. Hello and welcome to the Cynic Clinic, the scouting report. Hello and welcome to Focus On. It's time for Peak Fitball. It's a new season in Scottish football. Peak Fitball, the same weekly nonsense but now in an audio format. When good players like Daniel Candias can't get in the squad, it shows how strong the squad has become. Counterpoint, if you can't get in the Rangers squad, you're probably diarrhoea. The agenda. The preview. The reaction. The analysis. Transfer committee. Best of the worst. The biscuit tin. The press gang. The cynic clinic. The scouting report. Focus on the agenda. The preview. So patreon.com slash 90 minute cynic. You can hear um, all of our back catalogue when you sign up. And uh, we've got some terrific stuff. The transfer committee, um, reaction to every Celtic game, a preview of every Celtic game, um, an analytical and statistical breakdown of every Celtic game. Um, it's fantastic, I'm, and I'm not just saying that because, well, I am just saying that because I'm a part of yeah. it, to be honest. To be fair, I, I sell it, so. most of the Patreons are just people from your old work that wanted you out the door. <laughs> so Yeah, that's, so it's essentially Nicole uh, from old work has literally bought probably about 10 or 15, and she's just feeding them out to her family, and thank you, for, thank you, Nicole. And thank you to Stephen as well, and John, and everyone who was at my old work uh, who signed up. Um, but yeah. Terrific. Patreon.com slash 90 Minute Cynic. Uh, the press gang's brilliant and I've really enjoyed uh, picking Keith's brain and picking Claire's brain. I'm going to pick Marcus's brain next. Rory, you fucking watch out, pal. I'm coming for you. Uh, okay, so let's just talk about... So what That's I wanted... Keith. Oh no, Rory's on that list. I don't know, but he's just pointing at you when he said, Rory, watch out, coming for you. Oh, he did stare down my soul for a second. There. Did. I got it, don't I? Yeah. chilling. But you don't have a soul, as we know. Bowed. <laughs> Bowed. Yeah. Sorry. How many times do I have to say that visual gags don't work on the podcast? No, that's why I just outlined yours. It wasn't, it wasn't a joke. Anyway, so Marcus McLeod, uh, you've been going to the press conference. You've been a season ticket holder for years. Um, just give us a bit of background. Your favourite Celtic player? Uh, probably quite... Vanilla, it's uh, Henrik Larsson. Why? Just, um, I suppose, why not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when you when you kind of, when I got my season ticket, uh, Martin O'Neill's first season, kind of timed it quite well. And uh, he was just doing the business right in front of me every week. Yeah. And, it wasn't doing not, a pee right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes it'd be a number two. <laughs> 
it's not just the kind of goals either. You know, like it's when you see him live, you get to just kind of, especially like see see when you knew he was kind of leaving and stuff, and you just start paying a wee bit more attention to him and like. Aye, there was, you're just watching what he's doing off the ball, and it was what, the little things. I aye. loved him and Johan Mjalby. Mjalby would play it into him, roll it into him, and he would do the wee step over, and he caught teams out of that every aye. every week. You just appreciate what a genius they got. It's just like uh, I remember he got like a long ball um, that was going out. Um, I think it was like Alan Thompson or somebody played it, and uh, it was hitting the touchline. And I think the he's, he's the man that was tracking him kind of switched off because it was like it was going out he chased it slid it landed on the back of his heel he back heeled it and it was a 1-2 for like a, a goal um, and I was just like that's, that just sums him up you know he's just he, that's why I think he, he was as good as he was because he was just work rate aye it was his work rate yeah, yeah I remember Eric Larson workmanlike yes that's very workmanlike um, I remember the, the game and, and again this is something we'll, we'll touch upon we'll do a whole episode around Henrik Larson I've got, we can actually do a whole series but you know famously when he played at Dundee and uh, was it Vicors gets sent off or Mahi gets sent off someone gets sent off and uh, he played it right back for most of the game and at that afternoon he was probably the best right back yeah. in Scotland mm-hmm. and and that's not it must have been a guy that gets sent off um, it was yeah and it's also just at his peak you knew he would score a goal assist a goal probably both every game you went mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you knew Henrik Larsson was worth a goal Henrik Larsson and the other, the other player I'd kind of from a contemporary standpoint I would connect with you is Shunsuke Nakamura you're a massive fan of him yeah, uh, definitely, yeah. and what this leads us into quite nicely into Celtic in Europe um, and uh, Henrik Larsson and Nakamura were match winners there were match winners domestically, there were match winners in the big games domestically, but more importantly, there were match winners in Europe. Going into European football, going into a game with Henrik Larsson, um, well, Henrik Larsson's one of the main reasons we got to Seville, and when we got to Seville, those neck muscles, Jesus Christ. Uh, Nakamura scored an unbelievable, first Japanese player to score in the, the Champions League. Yeah. Um, the, 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 he scored a couple of fantastic, unbelievable goals, um, but his all-round play was great, and I would just wish Strachan had actually trusted them more. But, Celtic in the Champions League. I'm going to start with you, Marcus. How are you finding this season? What are your expectations? Uh, hopefully group stage, but... Of what? Well, Champions League, but the the issue with that is, you know, it seems as if like Celtic's main, main aim is try and get to the group stage on the cheap and take a doing and then parachute <laughs> into the Europa League and then we'll see, see if we can hit the ground running. Um, I'd like us to be a wee bit more ambitious with, you know, d- doing a wee bit in the, in the group stage, you know. And don't forget, Neil Lennon's got us out of the group stage before, so... What's more ambitious? What's more ambitious? What? When you said you would like us to be more ambitious, is that just more money? Uh, I think maybe, like, see this sort of plan that we've got with, like, the kind of Ajax model where we're sort of buying in players young, developing them, selling them on... Obviously, that's the way that we're kind of working now, and that's that's good and well. But it's called uh, Christian Ball. <laughs> I think it, I think at a certain at a certain time you get to a position where players like in Cham, where they come, where you make him say like a fifteen million pound rated player. You know, if you're not going to keep a team together for a length of time, um, you know that that invincible team, you know, isn't isn't sort of going to be there. Yeah. So. Um, so you'd like we're, to we're keep... losing experience, so I think they would like to. I'd like to see us keep keep the players a wee bit longer. Um, sometimes it's the players that want away, so we're attract because we've got this model. We're attracting players to come to the club 
to then move on to, quickly, to then yeah. move on and when it, when it doesn't happen like in two years start getting a wee bit more yeah it's, it's, a, it's a good point because it's a double edged sword I'm going to give uh, Chris Bowd a question this is from uh, Frankie uh, Cynical Frankie uh, made by Frankie she does unbelievable designs I actually got a gift that I'm getting framed that someone gave me uh, Frankie's uh, commission and I'm getting it I'm going to put it up on the wall and I'll take pictures and tweet it out um, forgetting about the financial boost it brings is Champions League qualification this season vital and do you think Lennon will be decisively judged on whether or not he gets us there Chris Bout uh, it's very important I don't think it's vital and I don't think that um, Lennon will of course be judged on however he does in Europe I think the fact that Brendan didn't make the Champions League last season almost takes a little bit of pressure off. Um, he does need to qualify, so he needs to qualify for at least the Europa yeah. group stages. If he doesn't do that, I think it'll be seen as a failure. If he manages Europa group stages, I think essentially that's okay. And if he has a you know a competent run there, we're happy. What? But Champions League is personally what I want. It's more money, it's more glamour ties. And I'm also interested to see what Neil Lennon does. I mean, Brendan... As much as he's a rat, I'm not going to say he's not a better manager than Neil Lennon. How dare you? Um, how, how very dare you? But I whoever, think, the, whoever the current Celtic manager yeah, is, is, the, is the best manager in the That's world. True. It doesn't matter. That's a fact. But we might have a better chance in the Champions League with Neil Lennon because Can he'll you? be more pragmatic, I think. He'll do what we need to do. Um, whether it's being a bit more defensive against teams that can hump us. Um, so we've not potentially gonna... got a better chance... Once we're in the Champions League group stages, uh, doing something surprising. I, I, I get what you're saying, right? But Marcus's point as well about being a little bit more, uh, what do you call it? Um, you're saying pragmatism and you're saying putting a little bit more into, you know, keeping players there that want to be there and giving play, essentially spending more money. It all leads down to can we? Um, pragmatism in European football is, is, is the go-to word um, because we get stuffed under under Rodgers but I don't think setting up defensively is a good idea I, re- I really don't I'm not saying set up offensively but I, I think you need pragmatism on pragmatism if you will because if we, yeah, go, if just... we go out if we if we do it, see the Barcelona result right the Barcelona result was a fucking unbelievable result right and you know when that final whistle went mm-hmm. we all went fucking bananas and it was incredible yeah. and luckily enough we qualified out of that group however if you if you nine if you play that game nine times out of ten, we get beaten it. Yeah, and I'm not saying it fake. is just yeah. ten men behind the ball in our own box, and you know we'll, we'll we had literally some. eleven men in the half. We we thirteen percent possession. I'm not. But, I mean, you you um, criticise Brendan Rodgers for this. He he's can't a, just play he's a rat. That is true. Yes. No, he tries to play like open, expansive yeah, football. Which that's I, it. No, so but, we need to we need to get that balance. We yeah, need so to we know need, when right. we are. Pragmatism on pragmatism. Like yeah. we have to, we can't just be defensive. Like if people think that Neil Lennon is just going to set up defensive, I don't think he will. I think he's smart enough to know no. that if we set up defensively, we're going to get a tank in as well. Yeah, our strong point is our, our offense, but um, our what? Our offense. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we can play the low block, but we really need to think about. Uh, one thing I'll say about Champions League football: I think it's vital, and for this reason, um, how the fixtures come out. I would rather play on a Saturday yeah. than play on a Sunday. Because if it's a Europa League, it's Thursday, Sunday. If it's a Champions League, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. That's I think vital in getting it, the guys, the the, the players' heads. Uh, Keith McGinty, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm good. Right, we're over it. Uh, Lindsay Hamilton asks, I don't know why, it just un 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 need. There's no need <laughs> for that. Condescending, Christopher. Uh, 
does the sentence we can be more successful in the Europa hold any weight? Yeah, I was just thinking that. Um, was it Lennon's first season that we didn't make the Champions League and it was Europa League that we had? We had the Atletico we Madrid knock- and... Yeah, because we got knocked out, but <laughs> Lowell was looking at the old... Uh, uh, the old yeah, the old eligible players and such. Yeah. Um, but that was a season where it kind of allowed his team to grow into Europe without the the harsher side where the, the teams are so much better. We were in with teams, Atletico Madrid aside, who were far superior to us, but we gave them a, a game. I, I don't know, I think... I'm, I'm holding back. I don't think we'll get Champions League this year. I think it'll just maybe prove too far with the turnaround in the squad for us to get. I think Europa League would be a good... I, I've it's seen a good bar for us to say it kind of like I say grow into Europe get the team to gel together because there's a lot of new players here my, my fear is I've seen Europa League groups that are Champions League groups oh aye yeah. but with the talk of getting into it can we do it Kluge is going to be a step up from what we played oh, but we should be massively. we mm-hmm. should be able to progress from that and then the next round um, it's Batty or Rosenberg and it looks like it's going to be Rosenberg so piss can't. off no way what I was trying to find the that out today. Seen Come on. So we've got a buy into the group stages. Two, no, get well, no, not yet. No, sorry. This is the, I was going to go through the potentials. So they're one. There's Apwell. There's Slabby Apart. Oh, right, and there's Young Boys. Aye. But that's so, doable. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a walk that's not as park. bad as I thought. It's not Ajax or, like, remember under Neil's time, like Ajax or we got Arsenal yeah. and then Mowbray's time, you know, stuff like that. Um, Nicole Clark, uh, Nicole, who's terrific, uh, on Lindsay's question, Lindsay Hamilton asked, she says, I like this question, discuss this please with a view on just how pragmatic should we be. She basically says she thinks there's a massive difference between the support's ambition and, the, and within the club. Marcus, thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I suppose the club's been realistic in what they can achieve and the support's been sort of nostalgic about what they've seen. Yeah. So for like so just on Keith's point there about like, you know, uh group stages of the uh UEFA Cup, it's good to blood your players. Um I've thought I've thought about that I've thought the same as that in previous seasons and thought we weren't ready for the Champions League and we've got into the last uh sixteen. So um sometimes you just need to Get yourself in the mix and see what happens. Um, I think we uh, expectations. You know, Neil Lennon being in charge. I think what I'm expecting to see is what he can actually do in Europe over like Brendan Ratchers. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's got a smile there. He likes that. He likes that. Brendan Ratchers. Take that wee one off the notepad. Yeah. <laughs> he literally uh, has it on the notepad. Amazing. No, I, I just think you know. Neil Lennon's had a couple of good scalps, you know, as manager, but he's also been involved in Celt- with Celtic at a European level. Um, We've got scudded. Well, I was going to say like he's also he's also been involved in you know some pretty knockout games where we've we've got those big scalps as well. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know that 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 European experience as a player, I'm I'm hoping that it'll kind of uh, stand him in good stead compared to the last manager where he didn't really have a clue in Europe to be honest yeah and, and that's the thing though like I remember coming back from you know uh, what well, I'd be watching them in, in the house and you'd be at the games Marcus and uh, you know I'd be te- you'd be texting and, and be like this is just embarrassing like it, you got to the point and obviously you were there as well Keith mm-hmm. that you got to a point where 
it, you, you were starting to get embarrassed and Rogers would come out with the mm. same sort of, this is how we work and we're yeah. trying to move forward and it's all about learning and we're le- and it's like, we never learned. Mm. You PSG put the same was way. the worst, I think. PSG was... I think that did us psychological damage, I think. See, when you look at uh, Sinclair... As a support? <laughs> I, well, I, I think actually some of the players never really fully recovered for that. Like I, uh, I shite myself every, past I walk, every time I walk past a big out. You've got a striped top on the now and I'm getting the fear here. We. Pepe. Um, can I ask uh, Keith uh, we've got some lot of questions so we'll just kind of work our way through some of the questions uh, this is from Mark uh, what a boy by the way is it a worry that three or four, three slash four of the back four could be new to the club going into important Champions League and league games yeah. so potentially you're looking at Bolingoli El, El Hamed um, Julien and probably Ayer is that yeah. a worry I mean for me personally it just Give my spin on it. It wouldn't be a worry for St Johnston, um, obviously, because um, well, Julian's not not available, and we'll, we'll kind of maybe we'll play with the, the defence at that point because St Johnston don't scare me at all, just because they're, they're plankton. They're no. plank- see plankton, right? Plankton has its own version of plankton, and that's what St Johnston are. <laughs> so, how about that? What's your feel going into Cluj, going in, going away, going yeah. away from home, and playing with three or four in the back? When it comes to the Champions League qualifiers, we just don't give ourselves enough of a chance by having players in that are already settled. We've got a full, well, half a squad that the that Lennon's trying to rebuild yeah. for this Champions League qualifier. So I don't hold that standard to him. If he can get us into Champions League, that's an incredible feat. If we get into Europa League, that's That'll probably do. aye. But next year you would hope with another two transfer windows, he'll have a, a better squad that he'll be able to to command a wee bit better. But um, when it comes to... See, going into the, the St. Johnson game, I don't hold any fears. I think one of the biggest signings that we have made, and I think I'll, it's proven that we knew a lot what was going to happen with Rodgers, rat boy, um, in this summer, was when Scott Brown signed on for those extra two years. I think Lowell realised just how important he is at keeping the squad harmony together, keeping it steady, keep a balance. And I think that's why we've actually had pretty decent pre-season. The, some of the results we've had in the qualifiers, we've not really played against anyone yet, but the amount of influx of new players, or players that haven't been in the squad, that have come in and kind of settled. Even yeah. Morgan, Shved coming on scoring last night. This is, I think, a lot of that's to do with the the leadership of Scott Brown, and I don't see how anybody could have thrown him under the bus or doubted him. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm going to get a little bit of clinical and cynical uh, thoughts on Scott Brown. Chris Bowd, um, your (laughs) thoughts, Scott Brown is finished. Discuss. Uh, He's finished playing about, Chris. That's what he's finished with. Uh, This is going to be his best season to date, and it's only going to get better until we... Until we hit 55, I would say. Oh, Jesus. So he's here for another... 14 know, in a row. 14 in a row. Jeez, yep. oh. Um, with, with the... Uh, so, I mean, just looking at the... Um, as you say, we've got Cluj next. Um, I don't know, as I called them in the reaction podcast yesterday, Cludge. Cludge. Cludge um, <laughs> uh, legend calls Celtic not very good and hits out at uh, Scottish football. I not Rada, who I've never heard of. So he's And that's the big test. So I've never heard of him. And celebrity and legend status. Yeah. Everyone seems to be scared of Celtic, but why? They're a team who use their aggression. That's their only weapon. I've never heard of this guy. If Cludge want to mix it up and fight with Celtic, they will lose. Excludge me? 
<laughs> but they won't. Dan Petrescu, I've heard of him. Yep. Is too smart for that. He's not. Celtic Ring a big name, but the Scottish League is weak. Never heard of this guy at all. And have no important teams in it anymore. Wait, what? No important teams in it anymore? Um, these days, Celtic are not very good. Yes, they get past a couple of stages in Europe, but that's it. Kluge have a team uh, now that's full of experience. I've never heard of Kluge, and I've never heard of this fucking idiot. But they the know, Romanian league is strong. We know it's that. very strong. They've got, you've got your man. All the other, they've got all the Kluge. Um, they got. I know that Stowe Bucharest are the army team. They won the European Cup about four to five years ago. Haji, yeah. Um, Dan Petrescu Legends Legends um, Fox Mulder Looks like Dan Petrescu Fun fact <laughs> uh, That blonde guy For World Cup 94 They were all blonde yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa, Good 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 uh, Stoich cough Or whatever He was fucking Romanian as well <laughs> Who cares uh, What's your thought are you, What's your fear of clues Are you Is it just Well I, I wish that it, I wish it were as physical As what that guy was Bringing out. Like Thinking we are It's kind of like The old fashioned uh, Stereotypes of Scottish football must be a physical team. Yeah, Johnson, like, Ita- Morgan, these guys. <laughs> like Italian football must be defensive when you know it's an old stereotype. It's not really yeah. up to date. Well, I mean, I we've I, I seen uh, uh, Julian like at the end of the game, and um, he's a unit. He, he's a unit, but he's not. Um, I don't know. He's he's like he's wiry, you know. He's but he's a big guy and all that. Yeah. But he's not like. Um, it's not like Bobo Baldy. No, but who who is really? But I suppose you're expecting him to look like that. Yeah. Um, but I like maybe introducing a wee bit more physicality into the team. We're going to maybe start seeing. So you're back results. on. You're, you're on board with this guy. Like, aye, aye, more, aye. More, I, I, more I'd like, you know, we'd maybe start scoring for corners and stuff. You know, if we started getting a wee bit. Of, is that your biggest frustration? Um, lack of. Uh, ability yeah. to what am I looking for um, to score from set pieces yeah because obviously like teams like us where we're maybe going into the Champions League where set pieces used to always be an equaliser really, really important yeah. it was an equaliser maybe that's kind of tapping into why we got some good results against bigger teams because you know you hold out for your chances and you take them Nakamura against Man United yep. twice you know uh, scoring again scoring headers we like remember uh, Robertson with uh, Barcelona like stuff like that yeah uh, you know Aye, it's like an equaliser, and I think that even domestically, when we can't pull that off, how are you expecting to do it in the Champions League or Europa League? Well, we did ask Lenny that at the last press conference, oh, and, Le- and he was Lenny, delighted. Is yeah. Lenny, is it? I'll be foul. Um, Odd redheads have to stick together against the ginger. Evil ginger, come on. Anyway, um, no, he was delighted that we were creating so many chances because the Nom Calu game. Nom Calu. Nom Calu. Uh, we did create quite a lot of chances from uh, corners and I think a lot of that was to do with Griffith's delivery which we've missed Christy as well he's, he's up to his oh, game a wee bit but Christy, corners Christy's very frustrating because he will hit one great ball and then four bad ones mm. why do we not have we've got lots of technically gifted players Callum McGregor uh, Callum Callum McGregor is a technically gifted player um, Christy's a technically gifted James player Forrest. James Forrest technically gifted and Cham but none of them are but really none. good crossers of the ball. They're all I crap. Raul Chops last night was horrendous. Listen, we're not, this is a Raul Chops free zone. It's a shame. Oh, I, I saw Again, it was PSG that done it. <laughs> PSG have it just was. wiped out a generation of Celtic players and fans. Um, anyway, so from a, you know, obviously we're going to keep up to date with how we're doing in the Champions League. It's uh, close in the next round. Uh, the game's on Tuesday, or the game's on Wednesday, which means I've got tickets to see the National. 
at the Kevin Grove bandstand. Uh, and I'm not going to be able to go now. Good. This is uh, what we expect of you. I bought the, just so everyone knows, right, I bought, genuinely bought these tickets um, in January. Um, 50 quid a pop, 100 bucks. Me and my Fully wife. Fully expecting Celtic to be knocked out of Europe at this stage. No, I expected the game to be, I expected the game to be on a Tuesday. Um, so if anyone wants to buy a national ticket at the Galatron <laughs> on Twitter, uh, just let me know or, you know, let us know in the 90 minutes. And it could, I'll, I'll sell them at full price, at, at face value. That's absolutely no problem. What a guy. Pretty nice. Uh, so I just want to talk about the season coming up. So we're in a historic, um, we're in a historic footing. We're going for the ninth title in a row. And, you know, if you'd went back to us, because we're all the, the same age, if you went back to us when Rangers were on the verge of nine, and said, not only are you going to stop them from doing 10 in a row, but you're going to get to a point where you're going to see in your lifetime Celtic almost get 10 in a row. I think people are really underestimating that. Um, there's a lot of people, and guys like Christian, right, who I completely understand why he, he wants to see Celtic grow and he wants to see Celtic on the front foot. He also wants to see Celtic win leagues and stuff. But I get the feeling that Christian would turn around and say, okay, Celtic don't win the league next season, but, you know, we progress further in Europe. No, 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 no. I want to see Celtic do 10 in a row. Um, yeah. Bowed, why is it just so important? <sighs> because it's it's history. Um, and as you say, for the the older ones amongst us who have uh, lived through that, the PTSD that we have from nine in a row, mm. Uh, we need to. It's a cathartic experience. Yeah, seeing them die was amazing. It was they di- see when they died, that was amazing. Oh. So it was loved it. Um, but then to just rub it in their faces with ten in a row would be yeah something else. I, and I think that's I think that's the kind of it's it's hard to quantify. And, and it's something to be honest. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently over the last literally the last couple of weeks, sitting down thinking we could get 10 in a row. Because I am one of those sort of, oh, I'm going to be progressive and let's play this ball and let's, let's Christ- get young players Christian's in got a point. It doesn't need to be either or. We can win 10 in a row and still make wise decisions about... No, I'm, I'm not getting it, Christian. I understand yeah. Christian's point. Christian's but yeah, point, 10 in a row is the be-all and end-all for the Christian's point, I think, would be um, if Celtic... Um, blood a team of youngsters next season to progress them together to do something. I, I, I get the kind of workings behind it, but fucking 10 in a row. What does it mean to you, Marcus? Same. It's just uh, growing up through the 90s, watching all the heartbreaks. fucking and, 90s. Uh, you know, sometimes I know you, you kind of take your eye off the prize a wee bit because you're used to the success and it becomes kind of complacency mm-hmm. and all, a wee bit, but you just think back to that heart and you think, you know, I mean, it does still mean a lot. And We were forged in steel. That was yeah. our formative Celtic years, watching nine in a row unfold. I think I would, I would trade, you know, see like so maybe the treble this season and stuff like that. That oh, doesn't, aye. that doesn't mean as much to me as just making sure that we get ten. Like, if we didn't win uh, the cups for the next two years, I would trade that for making sure we got ten over the line. Um, I, I, I'm not too keen on saying like you know, you know, just dismiss European football and no, stuff like that. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not either. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not. The money from the Champions League helps us win the league next year. Celtic, Celtic. Funds. See the thing, see if this, if the, we weren't in any, anything in a row, see if this was year dot, yeah. I would still expect Celtic to challenge for slash win the league and do something in Europe. It's just, there is added, pre- it's again hard to quantify the pressure that's going to be specifically on Neil Lennon because at the end of the day, Neil Lennon is just like us. 
he just happens to be a talented footballer who became a football manager. He's in a really tough it's minor difference between us and Neil Lennon. Well, I've won. So I won. I took Queens Park <laughs> and Middlesbrough to the Champions League on football manager. So and then the Middlesbrough fans turned on me. Yeah. I was part of that outer Milan winning five or five team. team. So, I believe we have three members here of the uh, outer Milan champions uh, <laughs> group. Um, I do have that trophy on my um, my mantle. I mean, my girlfriend. Yeah, okay. I'm, sorry, my girlfriend. My wife is like a champion tennis player and all this. But you know, the wee five aside trophy. Don't do you? Do you remember the name that they wouldn't let us uh, pick? Uh, yeah, not going to repeat that. <laughs> um, a couple of uh, unpc names. Uh, we were weak guys. Um, this guy for the nine, Rangers nine in a row. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you this season coming up. Um, how are you feeling about it? I'm excited. I'm excited by the the style of play that Lennon's got us playing already. Last year, last couple of years, um, it's been quite boring. We've won, we've, we've, we've just dominated everyone else, but it's been the, this like the glacier, it's been like the slow progress, mm-hmm. just grinding over everybody with this the same slow passing at the back and just try to tire everybody out and then batter through. Keith prefers to be dominated as opposed to dominate. <laughs> that's what I'm... I do. I do. So I like to. And be, that's fine. Yeah. Know, swings and roundabouts, sir. About your last girlfriends. I think we all know who likes to be dominated. <laughs> Didn't say there was anything wrong with a bit of domination. Nation of domination. Um, Keith. But now the, the, the football that Lennon seems to have the players playing, I think we worried that it was going to be long ball heading up, just like his last time he was here when we had Samaras out wide left and the right back hitting big long diagonals up to him. We worried that it was going to be like that, but it's not. It's it's quicker interplay through the middle of the park. We've got the technical players that can do that. Christie seems fantastic. McGregor is going to be integral to this season. Even in Cham last night, playing a little bit further forward. I'll get to him. I thought was was really, really exciting to see. Something I'm worrying about is though, where is Tom Rogic going to fit in? Because I see Tom Rogic as more an attacking midfielder where he will go and he'll score the goals. He'll be the one playing the one-twos as opposed to try to set people up. And I think our wide players and our forward players, I think we're needing that more of that 10 to to create a bit more. I don't think Chris is the 10 we're after. Um, Rogic? No, he's an 8. Definitely an 8. Minita's energy. I, I don't know, man. I, 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 thought of, I thought he could maybe grow into that role. Just the way that he's sort of touches and shoots from that who Christy? Uh, yeah. Like an area. I think he can play it. I don't think it's. I think he's better utilised elsewhere. See if he was like an understudy to Rogic, where you know when he's fit, he's not going to play like ninety minutes anyway. Yeah. Um, you're looking for a interchangeable player, and maybe somebody like him that's coming through. He's not expecting to be playing every week. I think this is Christie's year. I think he should be playing most games. Oh no, there's, I don't think there's a question. But that Bowdy, I got a question for you. So, um, so you're excited? Very much so. Confident? Completely, yeah. Just confident that Celtic will win the league? Yes. Love it. Chris Bowd, question for you. Yes. Um, from Jamie67 underscore. How long until Craig Gordon is our number one again? Part of me thinks that... Do you already is? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, from the stuff that Lennon was saying, and um, it seems like he might, he might favour Gordon. And I don't... Personally, I have a, a, I'm of the opinion, I think Baines earned the number one shot now. Um, I also think that Baines got whatever, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years left in his career. 
Craig Gordon doesn't. Do you think? So see, when people are arguing about minor differences, even if Craig Gordon's slightly better than Bain right now, I think you play the guy that's got a future with us. And I don't even know if Gordon is better than Bain right now. But even if you're of that opinion, I'd still say Bain's a smarter choice for number one. Wayne, I agree with that. That's a really good way of thinking in terms of, yeah, the little kind of subtle differences. But whenever we've been in the Champions League and we've done well, we've had Fraser Foster mm-hmm. or Arthur Boric. Mm-hmm. That's when we've done really, really well. Do you, Chris Bowd, have that confidence that Bain could be like them? Or not? Eh, I, don't, I, I don't see it right now, but this was a guy that wasn't getting a game at Dundee earlier last season. and I think you've just answered your own question. <laughs> <laughs> but then he became Celtic's number one. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I think, you know... Marcus, so he's capable of, clearly he's been underrated or he's capable of growth. Yeah, I think... he was a competent number one last season. I, I think this year will be, we'll, we'll know for sure, because if we're going to get into any sort of European competition... I think he'll be our number one. We'll go, we're going to see what he's made of. We're going yeah. to see the types of saves he can make. Uh, Gordon's obviously got the experience. I mean, you think back to uh, Man City at home, that last minute save that saved the draw. Gordon's um, capable of just stuff that shakes your brain. Yeah. So has Bain. Bain did that last season with the, was it the, the Airdrie game that he made about yeah, four yeah, or five yeah. saves within the space of By the way, it sounds like I'm down on Scott Bain. I'm not down on Scott Bain. I think Scott Bain's a good goalkeeper. I've just seen a few times where his judgment or... So I keep going back to the um, Sarajevo goal and it's probably... It probably has been far too critical, but I just felt his, his, his whole uh, frame of where he was and his... Uh, he wasn't decisive enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to hold that against him specifically. I just fear that Scott Bain um, isn't a big enough in all aspects of it goalkeeper to. You need uh, to be. To, to it would be to great get, to just buy a, a much better goalkeeper, but we've got priorities right now. We've got right back. I think and the goalkeeping. Back, si- maybe, I think the goalkeeping situation is starting to become a priority. Well, I right really back's do. Clearly, the priority. Right, okay, right now. Well, okay, right. Left back, maybe depending on what happens with KT. And then keeper maybe after that because we're pretty strong everywhere else. There's a couple of places we could do a striker, yeah, adding depth. But yeah, I'd say after right back, potentially left back. We need a goalkeeper who's going to win his points in group stages, and And that's what Craig Gordon has done time and time again. He's made big, important saves, but he's also had some absolute howlers as well. He also decapitated a few people. He also might suit Neil Lennon's play better. You know, as we move away from playing it out from the back mm-hmm. so much, that might... Well, Neil Lennon's came out and said he wants uh, the person who's going to tend, Stan Bouds from his earlier offence, the person who's going to tend the goal best. Tend net. Tend the net. It's interesting with Scott Bain. The, the goal mo- zone, protecting the, it. The majority of the kind of conversation with Scott Bain before now has been obviously about his distribution. And, like, and you know, impressions. <laughs> you know, how, how he passes out. Uh, exactly talking about with Lennon coming in, changing his uh, his his distance, with his distribution. You know that his yeah. accuracy's dropped because he's he's been getting, getting encouraged to go longer. Um, you know, he's not really tested enough to say. Yeah, you know, he's a Boric or he's a Fraser Forster yet. Yeah. I don't think. Okay, that, that, again, that's another good point. You know, and I, I don't mean to be down on Bain. I really don't. But I just I don't see. 
when I look at a goalkeeper, we did best of the we did best of the best a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the goalkeepers and the three goalkeepers were talking about um, where goalkeepers that when they were in goal you were confident. I'll he's in goal and you let him do you know it's fine. You're confident they're going to get and that was Craig Gordon in his first two seasons. You no. were confident, Gordon. Um, Bain, not so much. And maybe that's my problem. Maybe I need to you know, but at the same time, I'm not that confident that he's going to. Be the goalkeeper. I think we need Wouldn't this. If he gets games this season, that will be the test. With mm-hmm. Games and do you think Europe this is? Properly. Do you think this is this, this is the season where? And this is me being a bit over the top. But do you think this is the te- season where we allow people to be tested, or we have defined? You know, he was the keeper that sealed the treble. Treble though, it's not as if he's coming in. He's totally untried. Aye, and maybe I'm being a bit. Of a, maybe I'm being over the top. I don't mean to be. I just I'm, I'm worried yeah. about every aspect of the pitch. When. <laughs> If and when we get that right back, then as you say, when you're looking at the team and thinking, right, first 11, who's our strongest and weakest position? Goalkeeper probably becomes that after right back. So that's the position you probably would like to strengthen. Fair enough. Uh, Marcus, your thoughts on the season coming in? Uh, excited? Bit nervous? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing, seeing the games because... I think I like uh, what I'm seeing with Lennon. I think he's kind of positive. You know, he talk, he, he, he's very kind of plain speaking with how he's kind of thinking. Um, tells tells you tells the fans what he's thinking about, and it's kind of been quite refreshing. Could could probably get get the club into a bit of bother potentially, but um, I, I think it's quite good. You know, that yeah. he's been quite open like that. Um, he's talking about he wants to he wants to play faster, more attractive football. Um, who doesn't want that? I think we like the last few seasons. You've been sitting watching. You're talking about it, Keith about the slow build up. Like, you know, you're, you're thinking maybe like if it's no no last few minutes and we, you know, we we don't quite get in the last third and we play it back. You Aye. think it's another four or five minutes we're going to take to build this move up. Aye. Mm-hmm. And all it was missing really was just a wee bit of variation. Like even if it's just like a ball over the top to yeah. make the, to make the to make the defence and the other team worry that we're potentially capable of doing that. But yeah. if you yeah. never do it, then they're just going to come at. We know exactly out. what they're going to do, uh, and this is how we'll prepare. Uh, I, I remember watching games, and like, uh, like my dad would be like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, get up, get up!" And I'd be like, "Well, like, you know, the thing about Brendan Rodgers is style. You don't understand this because uh, you're not as smart uh, as me when it comes to football." But uh, deep down, I was like, "I get the fucking ball in the mix." <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, there is times that you can, as Marcus says, you can very play, and you can, you know. You're playing it from. I mean, oh, we're playing it from side to side to get um, to get more space. Totally get that. But see, if you're on your own halfway line and you've got eleven men behind the ball, I don't see how that's effective. Like, I understand how it's effective if people are pressing onto you, how to you make space and you can break through. But I don't understand how if there's eleven men behind the ball and everyone's just standing there with their man in their space, playing the ball from back to front, but but from side to side, get it to fuck. I suppose we. We're the better team, we're better players, and we're just playing until one of their players makes a mistake, so there's a lack of concentration. And but, no, we, but you're absolutely right, very play. Mm-hmm. But you, that's a good point that you make, but at the same time, see this idea that um, we're waiting for them to make a mistake. We should have a team, a, our front part of our team should be match winners. Match winners. Match winners. Guys. But no, but like, you know, Ta- Tam Rogic is, on his day, Tam Rogic yep. is uh, unplayable in Scottish football. I think he's he's magnificent when he's when he's fully on his day. His day isn't 
as much as it used to be, unfortunately. But let's hope we'll give him a fresh fresh start and he comes in and he does things. Callum McGregor can pull things out of of nothing. Um, for a squad player, that's terrific. You know what I mean? You spend most of his time <laughs> on the bench, but you know, and in the, in the reserves. Um, but yeah, and that's the thing. You know, we get. We, I'm very excited. My, my point is, I'm very excited. Um, I think we've got a young, dynamic midfield. If Scott Brown's going to play most games, that's fine. I just think him and McGregor need to figure out specifically how to work within that midfield. Yeah. And I think they're I mean, both smart enough to do that. McGregor, Christie, Tam. McGregor, Christie, another is very, very good. If Scott Brown has to play less games. Not that Scott, Scott Brown, yeah, I know you're obviously a massive fan, right? And we, we joke, but Scott Brown, I think, should... Scott Brown can still easily play 25 to 30 games this season and still... Yeah. You know, but be a massive if player. we want the best out of Scott Brown, we need to take some of that luggage off his shoulder. I don't know what that metaphor is. We need to give <laughs> him a break. It's not a Yep, he can't. It's not, it's not, um, what's the, it's, it's not Dunstan checks in for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's one of the monkey in the situation. Good reference uh, by me. Uh, but so, Boud, thoughts on the upcoming season? Just genuinely enthusiastic about it. What, wait, okay, actually, let's, let's start to move around a little bit. What's your concerns? Concerns, uh, I have a few. Um, Right back, right now, we don't know anything about the boy that's been brought in. Is he the first choice? If he is the first choice, we need backup. If he's the backup, which we hope, then we need that first choice right back brought in. Um, The KT situation, I'm not going to dwell on it, but if we lose KT, we need another left back, because Bolly and Hayes, I don't think, are good enough. Um, you don't think Bolly's good enough? No, Bolly and Hayes as oh, two left. But you know, yeah. you're looking at a squad. You need to, yeah, you, so need, you need depth. To. Yeah, um, and I, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about Rangers. I don't think they are. Who? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't I think, think they're particularly strong. Who? They've brought in a couple of players that might be okay, but then they've lost a few. They might lose Morelos. But Morelos. Jesus Christ! What's wrong with you today? I can't just. I just can't handle cans. You know this. <laughs> You've had one beer. I've had more before I came here. Oh, I'm sure you have. So they all say. My, I was doing my grands, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's, it's a change of manager. We've lost Lustig, which was a very important player. As much he was, you know, getting on and it was maybe not at his peak. He was still. The only right back we had that we had confidence in. He made other players have to play better to hide his inadequacies. Yeah. So that's that's why we've, we've missed him so much. Uh, Everybody else is resting a little bit, a lot of sleep media. Now that they know he's not in the team, won't have to see him again. The other thing is, I was going to try and make you shame him. No, I, 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 I don't even really hear Keith, so I'm just <laughs> nodding and saying yes. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just flagging my deafness as well as my hereditary. It's great stuff, Keith. That <laughs> 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 <I> was good. That <laughs> was good. Sorry. Uh, the, the point, um, was it Jamie67 that tweeted yeah, yeah. about the, the back four? Just that change, as you say. If, if we lose KT, it's three new defenders and... That's going to take a little bit of time to gel. See if he's changing his formation, though, to like maybe be three at the back. Okay, that's a good point. Keep you know, um, do we, we change from full-backs to wing-backs? Where maybe out of, out of pri- priority or necessity, rather, you're not going to get uh, a replacement for KT. Your right-backs can untested. Um, maybe... It's more that's, more the case of like having James Forrest on the right. So that, that could happen, but there's a couple of things there. I think we then need more centre-backs because if you're playing three centre-backs every game, 
were and notoriously we get injured, injuries to our centre backs. Centre backs get suspended from being yeah. friendlies, <laughs> so we need more centre backs if we're doing free at the back. And Ball and Golly looks like he would work in that system. I think pretty well. I yeah. think he's got pace, he's got energy, he's very offensive. Um, we don't know how good he is defending because we've not really seen it tested. Yeah. Um, and then James Forrest is. I mean, he was Player of the Year last year. I don't know how well no, he's a dick. There. <laughs> no, but just him having to play that defensive role as he starts to get older, and I don't know what else we've got. Shved, I don't know if he could play that role. Oh no, no chance, no chance. Um, no. Keith, um, Marcus makes a good point. Do you think we we've talked about pragmatism and the ability that um, Lennon likes to spring a surprise as well occasionally? But do you think there's going to be times this season where we're going to play through the back? Do you think it's a case of pragmatically? I hate that phrase, mm-hmm. but do you think it's a case of you maybe you go you play in Europe and we get a decent result in the Champions League group yeah. qualifiers, um, the group stages, and we come home and we've got St. Midden at the you know at home? Or do you think he might go right? We'll go through the back here. Yeah, I wonder if um, one of his wee surprises might be when Scott Brown starts to move a bit further and further back. He does like to play a midfielder in there with with Bitton. Um Brown gives you that wee bit of extra cover. I wonder if he'll get a game in defence there. Um, the other thing is that by playing the three at the back, it allows more options further up the field, which I think he likes. I like. I think he enjoys the the quicker interplay and people being able to use one another and the, the, the runs off the ball um, more often. So I think this is going to be an exciting season. The football at home, especially, I think it's going to be so much more enjoyable to, to watch. Looking forward to getting back to Parkhead every week. Yeah, yeah, good. I'm glad. Like, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling excited about it. Um, there's a bit of trepidation there just because we're going for nine in a row, and I think anyone who isn't a little bit nervous is lying to themselves. Anyone mm-hmm. who says they're not nervous is lying to themselves. Um, Boud gave us a little bit idea of his kind of sort of fears. Have you got any fears with with this? Celtic squad, Celtic team, Celtic manager, just where we are. Is there anything that's worrying you precariously? Not really. It, at the start, I was worried when Lennon was getting appointed or was getting linked with the job. I thought that was the the media were, were pushing for it because I thought they could see him being the, the weak link that he would have this chance to blow up at some point during the season. They, and would, ruin l- it. they would love, love Lennon. It. To cost us nine or ten in a exactly. row. That's their dream. That's that's what they're after. They're wanting those headlines, they're wanting something different to write about. They would love the narrative of Rangers coming back after so many seasons, eight seasons, and come back and stop us from achieving nine in a row. I don't see it though. Lennon seems he seems more in control now. I don't know what happened at Hibs. They seem to be constantly fighting, but the support that he gets from Peter Lawwell and the rest of the backroom team. JK. JK. Uh, DD. Virtual insanity. Carry on. That's JK the sound of the second or third beer opener. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that's the, guy, the, the name of the guy from Jamiroquai. Marcus had Jamiroquai uh, on uh, Minidisc. Yeah. You're a, sorry, you're a mini disc. Yeah, the, it was the strokes. That's pretty cool, actually. I love my strokes. Uh, that Not first time I listened to. <laughs> he does love his strokes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
it was in the, the bus going to Glasgow and the X1 I heard hard to explain for the first time blew my mind unbelievable but yeah you're, you're making good points uh, no one was listening was it? I, I don't know, know. <laughs> uh, but Marcus uh, so yeah. going into this season um, we're not going to we're going to do a preview on um, the Patreon on Friday um, at the live lunch but if if we kind of go into preview mode at this point before we kind of break up on how we're going to look at this thing going into the season how are you lining up? Well, I'm really wanting to see how a strike partnership works with Edward and Griffiths. You asked the question of Neil Lennon, didn't you? I did, yeah. And what was his response? It was positive. It, was, it basically says, yeah, I'd love to. And, um, you know, it seemed right, really kind of responsive, like he was, it was in his plans and he was thinking about it, you which kind of surprised me because, I mean, everybody was thinking that, like, you know, with Griffiths coming back, but... You know, we've we've just been playing one up front for so long. Yeah, um, but it would be it'd be brilliant to see it, and I, I don't really think we've had this proper strike partnership for quite well. We tried it with like so, uh, you know, Dembele and Sinclair kind of linking up a wee bit when they started. Dembele and Griffiths last season. Aye. Dembele and Edward looked insane last season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. looked insane. Seven games. But I think I think um, I think with Griffiths' technical ability, like you know, his touch and his ability to kind of create space and play a pass. Uh, I think like him and Edward could really be good to watch. I don't. I, I don't think they can have a partnership at all. I really don't. I think. <clears throat> I. I. I think they're too similar and too different at the same time. So, for me, if you were going to play a partnership, you'd have to have one playing off the other, and I don't think they do. So I'm not. I'm not necessarily against a partnership. I just don't think that's the partnership that'll work. And my fear is that. If it doesn't work, if Neil Lennon tries to kind of jam it together and make it work and it doesn't work, then he's going to pick the striker over the more, the better player. Yeah. Mm. And so who's Adebayor going to play with then? I, I don't know, but listen, if Andy Carroll's going to have if we're going to get him into the team, you know. Bio. It's going to be the year of the bio. Aye, look, he's scored some belters in pre-season, didn't he? Definitely, aye. Definitely, aye. He's got to come in, nope. But the, Bri- the Brian Hamill asks, do the cynics like the idea of letting Griffiths and Bayo compete for the centre-forward role, play Eddie on the left and Forrest or Shved on the right? Also, will it be Ryan Christie or Oliver and Cham for player of the year? Get to the second point, because that's quite interesting. Uh, I want to play Eddie as a striker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the dream is Eddie, Johnston and Shved slash Forrest. Slash I don't know what that was. What was that? Why do you think Bayo is going to make an impact? I don't really know. But um <laughs> you, did, you did the Beetlejuice song. <laughs> um no the No Me Kill You game showed to me that um Griffiths and Edward can play together because Eddie likes to drop deep and Griffiths for a change he was actually staying up top and he was stretching their defence. Um which created a lot more space for Christie to get in, and even um, Forrest when he was coming inside. They were making so much more space for one another. It was interesting to see, because I've not been Griffith's biggest fan. I thought he'd been quite selfish as a Celtic player at times, but he was working really, really hard for the rest of the team. He was making those uh, unselfish runs to create the space. So I think there's a partnership in there, and it was a great question to ask. And I don't think there is. I really, really don't think there is. Between those two players, I think the, the, there is no chemistry no. at all. And I think they're, they're going to end up just not... I, I'm seeing the, the non-Mikhail's you get... Listen, I, I get the idea yeah. of playing to up front. It takes time, though. Like, 
just need to ah, you know, throw them together and see how they go in. Sometimes Never. I just think you can tell. They don't have to be pals really though. Like Teddy Sheringham and Andrew Cole, they hated the sight of one But another. they absolutely electrified Andrew together. Cole. It that, does that's like Andy da. No, that's why he wants to be called that. If you, right, if okay, you don't think all about a bit, yeah, racist. it might be cancelled. Sake, yeah. Sorry, Andrew. Ninety minutes in it My condemns. Ninety name, minutes so. in it condemns <laughs> Chris Bowd. Yep. Is it Chris or Christopher? We just want to know what nomenclature. You Christopher Tiberius Bowd is condemned. <laughs> <laughs> Star date. Cynic date. Sixteen ninety. Maybe not sixteen ninety. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Because he's a hun. He's a hun. He's uh-huh. a Ninety minutes in it would like to condemn <laughs> Christopher Gallagher. No, no, he's a full condemnation. Uh, by the way, just something we picked, we talked about on the agenda this week: um, uh, the press coverage of Celtic and Rangers, and uh, the puff pieces that have been in the, media. the agenda, which is available on the Patreon. patreoncom slash Ninety minutes in it. Thank you, uh, Tiberius. Um, we talked about how the the coverage, um, obviously uh, the fucking Matthew Lindsay piece about Celtic being a busted flush um, asking all these questions at the start and at the end going I Celtic will still probably win the league um, all this stuff about you know Ojo signing for Rangers and saying oh Rangers are the best team in Scotland and it's the same stuff every single year Chris Bowd I'm going to ask you is there an agenda against Celtic in the media in the Scottish mainstream media <laughs> yeah I mean I don't don't know if it's all Conspiracy tinfoil hat. I think we've I'm, just. I'm, I don't, I'm not saying like that. I just yeah. mean is. The, I think we've just. Is the mainstream media slanted towards Rangers? Of course, um, it's been institutionalised uh, forever. So I think things get better and move on. But yeah, since still the fucking, there, still, since the fucking Reformation, still lingers. Um, <laughs> I wish we'd fucking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but both in society and the Scottish media in general. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to take a long time for that to be purged from our society. Um, good choice of words. Mm-hmm. Good film. <laughs> uh, do you guys agree with that, Marcus? You, do you think there's a? I I do, but I think we have to be like so much better than the bias to be able to kind of just not even have it on the radar as much. You yeah. know, like just it, battle the bias. Well, I, it's it's kind of like the old thing where you have to be you, you can't just be the better team. You have to be out of sight to beat the referee as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that sort of just kind of inbuilt. And with us, where you know, you know, it's there, and you just kind of get your head down, and get on with our job. And, and we're, we're so out of sight now that it's maybe not, it's not, it's maybe not as noticeable. But they would love to see us fall. Um, Claire, um, Claire mentioned at the press conference how when she turned up, it was all a bunch of middle class, middle aged white men, kind of in a corner talking about golf. Middle class, white aged. Ah, Jesus. Aye, fucked <laughs> it. Aye, you fucked it. Yeah. I assume it. I feel like it was going to be at me. I yeah, feel like it was going to be a bar but me. This room. Mm, really. <laughs> Piss off. Although I'm working class on like you cunts. <laughs> this is going to turn into an intervention for him. What are you <laughs> stages into? Jesus. Chris, you're in a happy place. Yeah. We all love you. It's fine. Well. Well. Love's a strong word. Um, but no, like she said, how it was a middle class, um, middle aged white men standing around with white slacks on talking about golf. And how, when everyone came in, everyone got to their position, but when she walked in, or when you guys walked in, we we had a bit of trouble integrating into, into the press, because they don't like to be ruffled, don't like to have their feathers ruffled, they don't like anyone new coming in, because no. they've had it easy for so long. Um, we've been nothing but respectful, um, and Keith, you've done a fantastic job organising all this, and genuinely awesome stuff. Thank Marcus, you. you've been brilliant when you've been actually 
I mean, we joked at the beginning about speaking to Raman, but you went up to him when you says you introduced yourself. You talked yeah. fantastic. Claire did the same. Rory's been brilliant. Have I helped? Shut up. Get, get in your bag. <laughs> get in your corner. Uh, Liam Divers had a few issues because you know he's just a guy and they didn't recognise him and yeah, it's it's not fair. Just, just teething issues in it. But at the same time. So this is this is me. I, I just think they have a bias towards Rangers, and I ask you this, Keith, like I asked Stuart Dugan and Louis McCaffrey on Monday, if the shoe was in the other foot, and Rangers were going for ten in a row, off the back of three trebles, no. would we have the puff pieces? Would we have the Celtic are on the way back? Would we have the oh, we need Celtic for a strong league? Would we have any of that, Keith? Definitely not, definitely not. And I don't think we would welcome those type of puff pieces either. No, undoubtedly, Lowell and the Celtic board have got their friends in the media. Um, we know that if um, Stephen McGowan, McGowan and Alison uh, Connell were to, to put anything up, then there's, there's usually a, a bit of truth behind it. They're the ones that we kind of go to um, for our, our, our Celtic leaks and stories. They're the ITK ones. But I don't think we need all that puff piece. You can tell Rangers today that... But it's, they, but it's not... About, but sorry to jump in. I'm sorry to jump in. But it's not about that. It's about the fact that if the shoe was in another foot, they wouldn't do no. what they're doing yeah. now. No. So when people turn around and they say, look, it's just about how... You know, if, if it was the other way around, they would be they would be promoting Celtic. No, they if, didn't. Yeah. They it's, sent it's a, co- they sent yeah, a coffin right. to Celtic right. Park when we were on the fucking verge of going out of extension. Listen, I'm declaring war. The flag of war has been unfurled. Fly the flag. Fly the flag. Um, Bowed, we're going to get you canned and send you to press conferences. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that one, that way since John Knox nailed the daily record to the, the, the front door. That's it. Celtic Park. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Who's that? It's John Knox. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. He rings the bell. Babom ching. <laughs> Awful. Um, right, so... We've got some time. We're going. We're, we're having fun. We're having a good time. So we'll we'll keep going a little bit longer. Listeners um, might not be. <laughs> probably not. Um, <laughs> but this is the free one. This is the free one. I it get this good by the way. See the Patreon. Keep my Raman story for the. He's keeping the it for the Patreon. <laughs> um, in terms of the uh, upcoming season, right? Champions are going to say Celtic. Oh, oh, aye. Aye. <laughs> <But> I doubt. <laughs> okay. Um, Ten points at least. In fact, do you know I what I'll do? So. Domestically, the three the three trophies, right? Um, who's winning the cups? Or uh, are we doing another treble? Are we nah, for a- I, I, I would say gut, gut instinct says double. I'd say love it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Aberdeen or somebody winning the cup. Some plankton. Aye, some hips or somebody some winning nonsense. the Scottish Cup. Aberdeen skip. to get relegated and win a cup. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> So some, some I think you can spread yourself a wee bit too thin. See when you're chasing like the treble and all that, it, it, when it comes to getting it over the line, it becomes really ten, really tense. And if we've got a European campaign on at the same time, you know, you know, Seville season, we could uh, we were so close to everything. Yeah, and we and lost. We spread ourselves too thin. So um, as I said before, like the ten is just an absolute priority. Anything else now is a bonus. But I wouldn't. Um, 
I wouldn't say I would sacrifice Europe. I think uh, give that a good go as well. I agree with you. I think we'll do the double. I think we'll win the league in the Scottish Cup. Yep. I have my. I think Hibs are going to win the League Cup for some reason. Um, I think Paul Heckenbottom's. I think Paul Heckenbottom is going to take points off Rangers. I think Hibs might be two Rangers what Kilmarnock have been to them for the last couple of years. Mm, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, Kelly. I think are, are dead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. You know, it might not be as bad as all that, but they're definitely going to take a drop. Just uh, Steve Clark. Go for the. <laughs> Come with the <laughs> uh, Aberdeen are gonna fucking. He was collapse. at Juventus. <laughs> he was at Juventus. I. I remember he signed, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's a fucking great move." And <laughs> 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 who he was, <laughs> but he's an Italian guy, so he must be fucking great. Must be outstanding. But I, Hibs, eh, sorry, Aberdeen and Kelly, I think are both gonna have bad seasons. So really, I think Hibs and Rangers are the the best of the rest. Um. So. Uh, you, what, in terms of Scott um, Celtic, uh, just league, league cut, league and league. I, I don't. I, I, another treble would be ridiculous. A treble, treble was ridiculous, utterly unheard of. But I, a treble, treble was ridiculous. Oh, guys, oh, you guys oh, look at me! Guys. I'm Chris Gallagher, the host of Ninety Minutes. It. Shut up, you wanker! <laughs> I think oh, okay. I, I would agree with Marcus. A double, and you know what? I don't really. I always like winning a cup, but I don't care. See if we don't, don't see if we lose the next four cups and we win nine in a row, then ten in a row. Don't give a fuck. Yeah, I I, 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 do agree. I do completely agree with you that. But I love the Scottish Cup. It's a fucking, it's a cracking day. It's the best way to just finish the the, the season. But I think this league cup might be important, with just to make sure that Rangers don't win it and give them any momentum. You heard, talked about yeah, this. you heard what Christian said on the chat about statistics. Statistically, there is if you win the first trophy, it does not mean that you. Oh, Christian, Why is he Russian? Because I've been watching a lot of Chernobyl <laughs> recently. No, he said which you know offensive to Ukrainians, but that's fine. Can you? Does have Russian people in it? So. It was in. It was set in Soviet. Is that, is that a bit of a Crimea that joke? Oh, oh look at this guy. Um, but no, I, I, what Christian essentially said was statistically the first like, in this situation, if the t- a team wins the first trophy, it doesn't actually give them any. I think it kind of would give them a little bit of a boost. Yeah. To do. I, I agree with you a little bit. Give them it's nothing. Huge first major trophy they've won. They're going to obviously, yeah. but it'll be Hibs that win it. Petrol station cup doesn't count. Petrol station cup. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I, I I think Craig. I think. Um, Big Craig's right. I don't know why Craig came from. I think uh, Keith's right though. Give them nothing, and I'll tell you why. Because they are nothing. You will receive no quarter here, Rangers. No quarter. <laughs> I don't know what that is. is I that... don't know what it means, but it's a thing I've heard. Do make a Star Trek joke about not giving Rangers what? Do a Star Trek comment. What, reverse the polarity <laughs> of the neutrinos? I don't <laughs> Rangers are shite, star date 1507. I don't, what's your... Star date 1690, of course. Um, no, great stuff, right. Um, but we're going to finish up in a moment, but um, any ideas for player of the year, young player of the year? Young player of the year, Christy. Uh, player of the year. Um, let me think. Don't come back uh. to me. <laughs> Henrik see, see if you average out how fast answered the first one. Yeah. <laughs> but Ryan Christie is 24? I'm going to say. I think he, he, he could probably... Uh, it's like 20 or something. Um, 
Uh, for me, Young Player of the Year will be MJ. There's no question about it. Mikey Johnson yep. and Player of the Year. I think it's going to be in Cham. And Cham's kind of in a weird situation because essentially he's got nowhere to go. And if he, uh, you know, if and Cham has another bad season, his star's going to fall even. Say the word shop window. Say it. Say it. Shop window. There you go. He needs to put himself in the shop window. <laughs> you just wanted to say it. <laughs> Um, but no, so I think uh, I think a champ player of the year, uh, MJ Young player of the year. We'll come back to you for your player of the year, Keith, Edward. Edward, I'm, I'm with you. MJ is going to be the absolute star this year, um, and player of the year, big Jules. He's a mean mother, big mean mother. Hubbard. He <laughs> can't even swear. What the fucking label? He can't even swear. He get checked. Uh, Bodrick. A IR for Young Player of the Year and Christy for Player of the Year. Lovely stuff. We're going to finish um, with a, a small kind of fun game. What I thought would be inter- what what I thought would be interesting would be so this on Saturday Celtic versus St Johnston is uh, Neil Lennon's first game as manager of Celtic. Although it's the second time, his first game as manager of Celtic in his second term. Um, so what I've done is I've went back to Brendan Rodgers' first game. And I'm wondering, um, you're going to have a chance each to name a player until someone's out of Brendan Rodgers' first domestic game. So you I'm have going to last the round. Yeah, you, you're going to you name a player, and uh, if you get one wrong, or and I'm going to allow you to mention the bench as well, okay, um, good. Uh, which is mental, by the way. Um, but so I'm going to start with Marcus. So Marcus. Name a player. So this is when Celtic played Hearts on the 7th of August 2016 at 2.15 at Tynecastle. Heart of Midlothian 1, Celtic 2. Brendan Rodgers' first game. Name a player. Scott Brown. Correct. Uh, Keith. Scott Sinclair. Correct. Scored on his debut. Bowed. Craig Gordon. Correct. Uh, Marcus. Keon Tierney. Correct. Keith. Lee Griffiths. Correct. Lovely. Bowed. Callum McGregor. Correct. <laughs> You're gutted just a line, eh? <laughs> um, Marcus. Lustig. Correct. Very good. Uh, Keith. James Forrest. Correct. He scored. Scored. Correct. Um, Bowed. Have we said Lustig yet? Yes. Have we said Lustig? Uh, Buying time, we call that. We call that buying time. <laughs> I, these guys are like, buy, still buying time, still <laughs> yep. buying time, buying huge amounts of time. I'm gonna have to push you. A Sinclair and Forrest and McGregor and Brown, and I'm gonna go uh, with Thomas Rogic. He was on the bench, yes. So I'll give you it. You, you're survived bench wise, Marcus Craig Gordon. It's already been said, so I'll give you another. Uh, oh, here we go. He's he was slagging him off for. I know. I thought I'd save that. I've got my next <laughs> name. If any of you choose it, I'm just going to battle you because that's. Oh, uh, who am I thinking about? Is it Izagiri was on the bench. Oh, oh, cheeky. keeps in. He keeps in. Keith. I'm going for Armstrong. Armstrong, correct. Oh. A Boyata. Boyata, Boyata, <laughs> Boy Boyd is out. Uh, so it goes to Marcus. Oh, it's 
It's probably wrong, Paddy Roberts. Roberts. <clears throat> He's not there. Keith, you have to you have For to the one big easy E Eric Sviatchenko. Oh, oh. You've absolutely fucked it. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> so, so no one wins. <laughs> yes. Losers. Every one of us. Wow. So Gordon Lustig Turi. Oh, oh, O'Connell. Jesus. <laughs> Tierney, Forrest, Brown, McGregor, Armstrong, Griffiths and Dembele up front. Here's your bench. Dembele. Dembele. Was, yeah. Here, here's your bench. Fasan. Izagiri. Nadir Chifty. Sinclair, Rogic, Yanko, mm, and uh, Big Sadie, and uh, Johansson, Stephen Johansson. <laughs> Listen, this has been terrific. This has been uh, the 90 Minutes of Nick podcast. Marcus, you've made a fantastically strong debut. I'm pretty sure you'll Pleasure. be in. Yeah, so let's have a wee round of applause, Marcus. This is lovely stuff. Uh, we'll get you back in the mix. You're going to the presser on Friday? Um, yeah. Yes, and uh, you'll be on presser duty. Terrific stuff. Keith, as always, pleasure, sir. Thank you, sir. All your work is terrific. Chris Bowd. Hi. How's it going, my man? <laughs> it's good, it's good. We starting again? Aye, we're doing again. <laughs> Bowdy, as always, pleasure. Thank you. I'm Chris Gallagher. This has been the 90 Minutes Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. <laughs>